Hi, I'm Greg Schaefer, and welcome to the Virtual CISO Moment Wrap-Up for Friday, June 10th, 2022. From CNBC and the SurveyMonkey Small Business Survey, this is a survey that checks in with small, mid-sized businesses, 2,000 of them every quarter to understand their outlook and the overall business growth. Just 5% in the latest survey reported that cybersecurity was to be the biggest risk to them right now. Now, could be understood by looking a little bit further to what was the biggest risk, and that was inflation, which has risen from 31% to 38%. That's not a big surprise. But just because inflation is a risk doesn't mean that information security's risk has gone down. A little bit disheartening to see that the smallest of the small businesses, according to the survey, who are the least concerned about cyber attacks, just 33% of owners of those small businesses and their size of these businesses are zero to four employees. Not really sure how you can have zero employees. They're usually the owners counted as an employee, but maybe that's what they're thinking are concerned about experiencing a cyber attack within a year. So only 33% or one out of three are concerned about a cyber attack for those very small businesses. You get up to businesses that are 50 or more employees, then that awareness increases to 61%. So what does this tell us? It tells us that we need to do a better job of educating the really small businesses about the risks that are out there because they face the same risks in some ways, shape, or form that the larger businesses do. So how do you know if your security program is resilient enough to deflect, defend against attacks? Metrics, and metrics have always been one of those Items in information security that can be a little bit difficult. It depends upon what you're looking for. Sometimes some of the metrics that uh, people like to throw out are how many blocks in the firewall and those sorts of things. But really good metrics need to be tied into business needs and business requirements. From BizTech Magazine, they've got a list of a few metrics here that they suggest that security leaders should invoke. The first one would be a breach's impact on sales or operations. So this is where you can get into the quantitative or cost exposure. We've talked about FAIR, factor analysis of information risk, as one method for determining that cost exposure. And then the regulatory consequences of security failures. Now, for some businesses that are more heavily regulated, or perhaps those now that are dealing with the federal government and have to look in the CMMC space, Well, that becomes more of an issue because if you don't maintain, for example, your CMMC level two compliance, then your contract with the federal government may be null and void. Customer losses after a security lapse. So BizTech goes on to say that this may be the greatest risk. And really, it's it's tied into reputational risk. So Who wants to necessarily do business with an organization that won't keep your information secure? Now, back in the early days when the larger breaches first started to occur, I think this was more prevalent because now there's almost been this feeling of breach fatigue, but it's not doesn't continue to get lower. I think it's reached a bottom out point where there's still a level of reputational risk where if you have two different businesses that on all other variables are equal, but one has suffered a breach, who are you going to go with? Probably the one who hasn't suffered a breach, which in some ways 
is maybe the counterintuitive way to look at it because the one who suffered the breach may have actually then increased their security program. But I digress. This is not the opinion part of the podcast. Improvements to risk mitigation is number four. So information security is risk management. And really, you, you, you don't know what to secure if you don't know where the information is and you don't know how to secure it and what to prioritize if you don't do a proper risk assessment. And then finally, number five is, as you would think, the incident response plan. Things are going to happen. And when things happen, you want to reduce the chance of the losses growing and growing. So your incident response plan and testing it are very important as far as the core elements of an properly functioning information security program. What some organizations do to mitigate some risk in their security program is to migrate to the cloud. And in some ways that makes sense. Uh, Cloud-based service providers, they have people on staff that are very much in tune with securing information. That's what they do. And, And if you're a small business, it really doesn't make any sense to hire a whole security staff. But you need to, you need to, ensure that when you're going to the cloud that you have a proper strategy for doing so. And so coming to us from Security Boulevard are six things to check before moving to the cloud to avoid pitfalls in the long run. I think some of those pitfalls that we might think about are thinking that our information is secure, whereas it really isn't, or there are gaps that we're not aware of. So number one, pick a cloud service and deployment model that works for you. There is not one size fits all. There's platform as a service. There's software as a service. There's infrastructure as a service. There's others. Look at what is going to work for you. There are hybrid environments as well. There's a whole bunch. Consider a suitable migration pattern. So this is more, they go on to say that relocate, rehost, replatform, repurchase, refactor, retain, and retire are all options for moving software to the cloud. Number three, which would be true for any project, is to put together a solid team. Number four, create a mitigation roadmap, which is also part of proper uh, project management. Number five, put your strategy into action. And number six, maintain a sense of order. So when you're done with this, you should have moved your legacy IT environment to the cloud. If you've done this in a very structured manner, hopefully you will have avoided most of the incidents that could occur if you have information that you're trying to secure. But just because you have a strategy for moving infrastructure to the cloud does not necessarily mean that everything in itself is secure. There are other items you need to take care of. Cloud services are part of the supply chain for your company. They're obviously an important component of whatever product or service that you produce. Uh, NIST recently, the National Institute of Standards and Technology, recently updated its guidance document for helping organizations identify, assess, and respond to cybersecurity risks throughout the supply chain. And this comes to us from HelpNet Security. And really what this document is encouraging is to consider the vulnerabilities not only of the finished product, so whatever it is that you develop, but also of the components that come into play with that product. In this case, it would be the cloud provider that you're working with. And when you're thinking about the cloud provider, you also want to make sure about whatever components that the cloud provider 
uses in order to develop and to deliver that service to you. In other words, you need to be thinking about the supply chain as just that. It is a chain and that you want to be sure that every element within the chain is adequately secured. Now, you probably have noticed a little bit of a common theme in this week's wrap-up, and it's really going around uh, third-party and vendor management supply chain and the importance of it. And the reason why I opted to lean on that this week was for two reasons. First of all, there's an awful lot of information coming out from a rather large conference that's going on on the West Coast, RSA. There may be some of you out there or some of you who are not security folks that are in small and mid-sized businesses. You might be seeing a lot of information that's coming out from RSA, and that's all good. And I didn't want to repeat that on this podcast. But the second thing is that I strongly feel that third-party and supply chain risk management is something which is not really addressed properly within the small and mid-sized market. And I think that sometimes it's not so much a technology or uh, issue. It's more of a, of an awareness issue. And in 30 seconds, I'll come back and give you my reasons as to why I think that and a possible way to increase that awareness. One of the most effective strategies in information security awareness is applying personal use to some of the tricks of the trade, if you will, in information security. I think the first time that I saw this in play and the first time that I put it in play myself in an information security program was around phishing and the fact that the training that we were we were giving to folks within the organization as far as phishing awareness goes, in other words, to be aware of what a phishing email looks like and not to click on it, would transfer to their home life as well too, because certainly they didn't want to be a victim of credential theft, which would then lead to identity theft, which would then lead to money theft in a lot of cases. And by tying that personal item to why we do it in a corporate environment was a very, very solid way to apply what I've said before is the so what to the what. A lot of times we in information security and sometimes especially dealing with small and mid-sized businesses will say the what but not the so what. And I'm a firm believer that if people understand the so what that that gives them more understanding which is then more skin in the game which then results in a more effective information security awareness program, which in turn results in a more secure environment. So how does this apply to supply chain? Well, remember COVID. COVID's not that far in the rearview mirror. It's actually still around in some way, shape, or form and will be, but the, the bulk of the pandemic is behind us. But you remember in the beginning of the pandemic, what was something in the supply chain which was very difficult to find? Yes, toilet paper. Now, I haven't really exactly still figured out why toilet paper was in such a demand, but it was. And that caused some issues and some stress and, and so forth. It was, it was a personal supply issue that people were trying to take care of. 
So how did that impact your residence? How did that impact your, your personal life? And then as COVID went on, there were other items that were difficult to find for a while, hand sanitizer and, and so forth. Well, it's almost the same thing when you talk about supply chain risk management. In this case, it would be the risk of availability. But what if, for example, in the supply chain, in your personal life, that it's the confidentiality which is at risk? Now, if you remember several years ago, one of the big, I guess you could say watershed, a watershed information security event was the target breach. I want to say that was 2014, but uh, my memory might be a little bit fuzzy on that. But in essence, just to remind you of history, the uh, point of sales, uh, credit card devices were compromised and were able to scrape credit card information and thus resulting in compromise of personally identifiable information and theft of funds. Well, Target is part of many people's supply chain and Target's information security and cybersecurity controls broke down. Now, maybe we all gained a little bit more of an awareness of cybersecurity controls. I'm not saying that go into a, your local retail store and check out the equipment that they're using. Although I have to say, I've done that. I remember going to a um, ISSA meeting at a restaurant and this was well after um, um, Windows 2000 had been retired and yet their main machine for running their reservations and I'm thinking maybe cash register was a Windows 2000 device. But I digress. So I'm not inferring that you need to do that sort of level of due diligence, but perhaps maybe some due diligence on the organizations that you use in your supply chain, because what is your, what is, what is your motivating factor for this? Well, you don't want to be a, a, a victim of identity theft or even worse, money theft. It's the same thing with corporations. So we do due diligence on third-party service providers, cloud service providers, to try to evaluate as to whether or not their product is keeping information secure. Now, at the very least, now that you have an analogy, whether it be toilet paper for confidentiality or Target for, um, I'm sorry, toilet paper for availability and Target for confidentiality, you have that analogy, and maybe, just maybe, that'll give you a little bit more reason to understand why due diligence for supply chain is so important. So if your information security group advisor, your CISO or your virtual CISO is very insistent that before we enter into an, an agreement and specifically before we transfer data, we need to do certain items. It's not that they're just doing it to check a box which certainly it would be checking a box as far as a procedure goes. But most importantly, and the reason why we're doing it, is because we want to keep the corporation's information secure. And now every time that your CISO or virtual CISO mentions that, maybe you think about Target or maybe you think about toilet paper, and you'll have a little bit of a better understanding on that. If you have any questions about it, feel free to let me know. Appreciate your time, and until next time... Stay secure.